Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Glenn Longarini, who's the executive director of CASCIAC. Glenn, Pete, welcome, buddy. How you. are you? Good to see We're you doing again. Very well, Pete. Thanks. It's great to be back on the show with you. Again. I know what's going on. It's been it's been a while. What's new? Well, you know, we, we got through a pretty good summer and a lot of kids were able and our coaches able to refresh and we're ready to go for a good fall season. At this point, we have all of our fall sports up and operating. Uh, football started a couple weeks ago and so they're in full scrimmages now. All of our other sports started on August 26th and uh, we're excited to get kids back on campus in classrooms learning and, and on the fields as much as normal as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. And what, what do you think the school the school year is going to look like? You know, it's still going to be a little bit of a challenge. We, we're still dealing with COVID, right? right? But we expected that. That That's, listen, we knew that COVID was still going to be here. It, it's a virus. It's a virus that likes to live. It adapts. We see the various variants that are out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and we expect that to continue. Right. But we spent a lot of time last year uh, not only putting in place mitigating strategies that we thought would make things safer for kids, but we, we really looked and studied at that we collected a lot of data on it we worked with our colleagues across the country and even though we have some increasing numbers right now we believe we've learned how to do this safely we can continue to engage kids you know whether COVID is here or not our, our kids need to be in classrooms our kids need to be involved in structured physical activity they need that uh, relationship building and from a social emotional mental health perspective so we're excited to offer that. And the best thing we can do to keep our kids there, Pete, is gonna be get vaccinated. So we're, Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've joined the uh, Connecticut DPH and the governor's office, mm -hmm. really trying to message this out. Uh, you know, encouraging those who are eligible for vaccinations to, you know, get the research, get the education on it, and, you know, take that step and get vaccinated. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's actually a very important point to get out there and get vaccinated, especially if you're in the age bracket that they're experiencing, especially now. It's going to keep you in the game, Pete, and, and that's the biggest thing, right? If you're vaccinated and you become a close contact, right. you're not going to need to quarantine. So you'll have to wear a mask right. for at least three days. Mm -hmm. At the three-day mark, you can take a test, and if that test is negative, then after three days, you can take the mask off and continue with your uh, instruction, continue with uh, play on the field or, uh, you know, on the courts. But, um, you know, in the classroom, too, it's so important to have our kids uh, in that in-person learning and that face-to-face -face instruction. Uh, and this is gonna keep those kids in the classroom as well. So, and it's impacting us already. You know, we, we do see, I think right now, we have uh, four or five football teams that, uh, that are quarantined. And, uh, you know, there's a, uh, there was a close contact and uh, with only, I think right now, the teams that are quarantined, only about 30% of the team was vaccinated. So oh, there wow. wasn't enough kids to practice. Right. So, you know, it's not that kids are experiencing symptoms necessarily. And, and you know, if they were vaccinated, they would be able to continue to play. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, not enough kids were vaccinated. So the team had to take that 10-day uh, break. So it, it is critically important. It's going to keep our kids in the game if they can get vaccinated. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, as far as... Ma masks in school, how's that gonna, how's that gonna work? Yeah, we, we have a mandate right now. Well, there's there's two things that are important, I think, from a, um, a school standpoint and an athletic standpoint. Sure. So the mask mandate uh, is in effect through September 30th. Right. And, and with that mandate, um, you know, our kids in school buildings are gonna wear masks. So uh, CIAC, 
with putting together our plan for the fall and our strategies. Anything that we have going on in a building, we're going to align with that and our kids are gonna wear masks. So what that means is volleyball, which is an indoor sport, yeah. will wear masks for play. Swimming, which is an indoor sport, obviously they're not gonna wear a mask in the pool, right. uh, but for all activities around that, they'll wear a mask. Right. Our teams that are outside, uh, they don't need to mask at this point, but if they have inclement weather and they move indoors for practice, so they go inside to use a weight room, for yeah. those activities, if they're in the school building, uh, they'll put a mask on. Okay. We did this last year for the winter. We did it for part of the spring. Uh, our kids were able to play sports in, in masks. Uh, we didn't have any issues with it. In fact, in volleyball, we played last fall and yeah. last spring, including state tournaments with masks and uh, we're very successful with it. So I, I don't think that's gonna be a hindrance at all and, and our kids can do it safely, our coaches can do it safely. Um, the other big thing I think hmm. is looking at um, the vaccination mandate for yes. uh, public school employees, right? So uh, that impacts coaches. Coaches are paid employees of, right. of public schools. So again, our coaches would uh, need to comply with that where uh, by September 27th, they uh, need to at least have their first shot and that second shot uh, scheduled, or uh, there would be the testing component, weekly testing, uh, if you're not vaccinated, but uh, you know that is not a responsibility of the school districts right. to pay for. So that, that would be on the individual staff member to be able to uh, get that weekly test. So, Absolutely. Uh, but you know, again, the, the way that you avoid that, just Exactly. Take the shot. <laughs> Absolutely. I've already, I've had mine for a couple months. I had my I had my last vaccination in back in April. Yep. Yeah. And uh, same same here, Pete. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I was eligible to get it, you know, oh, absolutely. we went our whole family uh, that is age eligible, you know, it did did get vaccinated, and uh, it, it just seems the right thing to do oh, for our family as well as for everybody else, right? Oh, now. absolutely, absolutely. How many how many schools that you guys deal with have actually have swim teams? Yeah, it's a pretty good percentage. I, I, I think we have about uh, you know about seventy percent of our member schools uh, oh, wow. you know have swim teams. Oh wow! Uh, so it's I didn't realize it, that. yeah, you know it is a strong sport. Like a lot of other sports too, we, we start to see you know some of those numbers you know decreasing a little bit with the number of kids on the team, but but it is still uh, a pretty pretty strong sport that that's going right now. I tell you, one of the biggest challenges hmm. in swimming. Uh, is in the postseason uh, finding venues to to run championships at because there's yeah. just not a lot of swim venues in no. Connecticut with seating and right. uh, you know and capacity to bring fans in and and that might continue to be a challenge, you know this year. Re really, I mean, Yale is is the best place yep. uh, for that. They're uh, at Payne Whitney, the sure. facility that they have there, the seating is really tremendous. But a lot of our colleges and universities aren't letting uh, outside groups on campus yet. Right. They want to see what this semester look lo looks like and bringing their kids back and so you know some of those venues we've used for championships uh, are not going to be available to us uh, again this fall. I remember back back in the 80s and 90s my brother actually coached swimming for Xavier and they swam at Woodrow Wilson in Middletown. Wow yeah mm -hmm. you know and in Middletown we use Wesleyan's uh, facility. Okay another, sure. Another beautiful facility but again I've another, never been know, up to the facility yeah, in Middletown. It's, it's a nice. great uh, yeah beautiful facility but again another college campus. Right you know, exactly. So, uh, so access is limited right now. Yeah, absolutely absolutely and we we gotta we gotta mention how closely do you guys work with NFHS? 
Very closely. Um, you know, I mean, the NFHS, obviously, the Federation is right. the overarching governing body. Okay. So anything that you would consider doing in terms of a rules modification or, uh, you know, a, a mitigating strategy that would impact the way that the game is played would need to be approved by the NFHS. Right. And they've done a tremendous job. They've oh, been really been out in front and communicating with us, with each sport, uh, what mitigation strategies would be possible. They've been leaders not only in, in sports and helping us navigate through COVID, uh, but also they have done a tremendous amount of work in, in the area of music. Uh, they financed really? and uh, supported studies to look at the aerosolization of COVID when playing music instruments, to look at safety of uh, singing in rooms, so your choirs, your band, when they're indoors, when they're outdoors, when you're blowing into instruments, mm -hmm. um, you know, how far uh, you may need to be to, to be able to safely uh, have the uh, you know, the, the COVID droplets uh, dissipate before, right. uh, or respiratory droplets dissipate before they get to the next person. So uh, I'd say NFHS has been a leader in safety protocol uh, for a number of, of activities, including sports. Absolutely. And our friendly executive director. Well, Carissa, just our friend does, Carissa. You know, she does an amazing job. And, you know, we're, we're in a year right now where we're celebrating 50 years of Title IX. Right? That's right. And uh, I, I, really, you can't find somebody that's been more impactful, I think, in uh, leadership positions in athletics, high school athletics, than Carissa. From no. her, her work as a high school uh, coach to a principal to her work here in Connecticut as executive director, now as executive director as the Na National Federations in high school, she has been a, uh, a tremendous leader uh, in multiple sports, including field hockey, where uh, she'll be honored a little bit later uh, this fall as an inductee into the uh, Field Hockey Hall of Fame here That's in right. Connecticut. And uh, yeah, Carissa has is, is just been a tremendous leader uh, and, and a great friend throughout this uh, process. Now, what is Title IX? I know we talked about it last time we were together, and we can maybe... Yeah, I mean, you know, so Title IX just ver very generally, sure. uh, you know, creates uh, equitable opportunities for uh, for the playing of, of sports as well as uh, other activities. So ensuring that men and women uh, have equal and equitable opportunities when it comes to uh, participation in events, activities, and, and so on. Absolutely. And now, obviously, you guys also work with CABE. We do. We work very closely with uh, our boards of education, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I know we have a mutual friend there, we and do. Bob Rader, the we executive do. director, Absolutely. and uh, Patrice McCarthy, uh, who's over there as well, and provides legal counsel and support. Okay. And uh, Patrice, we we see uh, constantly up at the Capitol, okay. and uh, along with Bob, and, and doing great work. And you know, I. I Everybody has been challenged by this, right? Whether it's superintendents, it's been oh, boards yeah. of ed. It's oh, been, absolutely. But those boards of ed have, have really had some tough decisions to make. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, appreciate Bob's leadership. Um, he talks with me constantly. Uh, I've had opportunities uh, through Bob and his boards to meet with the chair, uh, chairpersons of boards throughout the state to keep mm -hmm. them informed of what we're doing from a principal standpoint, from an athletic standpoint. And it's been a great collaboration. And, you know, again, I think as we've gone through this, can't stress enough the teamwork it takes to navigate your way through a pandemic that none of us had a playbook or training, exactly. you know, to uh, to go through. But it's it's been great leadership in CABE and CAPS and CEA uh, that has helped 
bring us to this point. Glenn, would you mind sticking around for another segment? Be a pleasure. All right, we'll be right back. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Hey, Bobo, do trees tell each other stories? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, why don't we go find out? Listen. Can birds draw pictures? I don't have an answer for that. Dad, do stars visit their friends? Look! Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti sitting here with Glenn Longarini from Executive Director of CASCIAC. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Glenn. All right, so let's talk about when this all started to where we are now. Yeah, the biggest difference is a year of knowledge, understanding, and data yeah. that we have to work with today that you know we didn't have a, a year ago as we were getting into this. You know, la last year we were grateful for the opportunities that we were able to provide kids, and we were able to uh, compete in all of our sports, except for with the exception that we didn't get um, full 11 v 11 contact football yep. in, uh, and we didn't get to have a competitive wrestling. Uh, season last year, but right. again, in, in both of those sports, there's frequent uh, close contact between individuals. So, uh, you know, a little bit more just needed to be learned about that before we felt comfortable moving forward. And uh, you know, we're we're in that position now. We've we've been able to understand what strategies work. We've been able to understand more about you know how COVID reacts on surfaces. Again, variants we have to pay attention to. Right and see you know, how that may uh, change the landscape as we move along. But we're comfortable right now in, in playing all of our sports. Okay. Um, you know, football has been going since August 16th uh -huh. uh, with, with practice. They're having scrimmages. And again, we're, we're able to do that uh, successfully right now. The key to us doing it, as mm -hmm. we said in the first segment, is uh, you know, vaccinate. So Absolutely. if we can, if we can uh, get our kids to, uh, you know, to, to take that step and get vaccinated if they're eligible, they'll, they'll stay on the fields a little longer. One person, one besides you guys at CA, CIAC and the boards of education and superintendents, the other person that probably is having a hard time with all this are all your athletic directors from all the different schools. Yeah, you know. That's gotta be a challenge. Well, the, it, it is a challenge and, and we're fortunate to have, again, great leadership there with our, uh, you know, Fred Balsamo, longtime executive director of the Connecticut Association of Athletic Directors, uh, does a great job in providing support for his ADs. They have a tremendous uh, board of directors themselves with a lot of experience and they've, again, done a great job. I, I think whether you're a principal, you're an AD or a superintendent, you know, our goal has always been to do what's in the best interest of the kids. Right. And so we want kids active. Everybody wants to play sports. We want to play all sports. You know, so we have over 70,000 athletes a year who oh, participate. Wow. 
in extra in, in interscholastic athletics. That's you know more than 40 percent. I think it's more than 43 percent of the kids uh, who are enrolled in grades nine through 12 in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. so by far, it's the biggest extracurricular activity that we have. Uh, in our schools absolutely. and that's the responsibility of our athletics directors what a oh, great yeah. responsibility it is so oh, a lot of credit to them for the work that they've done they continue to do providing safe activities for our kids absolutely absolutely now let's talk about the vac the vaccination and wearing masks yeah so you know the vaccination I think now with FDA approval hopefully right. that gives a little bit uh, more confidence to people to go out and get vaccinated right. and you know, we, we hear a lot of, a lot of in times in sports about, uh, you know, competitive advantages that uh, some communities may have over, the, uh, over others if they could afford uh, to send kids to camps and, and various things. Well, the vaccine is something that, uh, you know, again, through the, the work of the governor's office and the Department of Public Health, this is available to everybody. Absolutely. This is not something that, uh, you know, you, you get more access to in one community over the other. Everybody has access to be able to go get a vaccine. Right. Uh, Connecticut has been a leader across the, across the country. Our numbers uh, have been terrific in people getting vaccinated, but that demographic in school, you know, that, right. that's, that 12 year old to 18 year old demographic, we gotta, we gotta pick those numbers up a little bit more and hopefully our athletes answer that call. Absolutely, now what about for especially fall sports, what about spectators? Yeah, we're at full capacity right now for spectators, okay. so uh, we're going to follow what the uh, Department of Health, the uh, the governor's office, sure. and our sector roles are all right now. So we're at full capacity. We would just remind our spectators that you know be aware that other communities are going to experience surges and COVID metrics a little bit differently right. throughout the state. Absolutely. So you know when you go to a, a swim event, when you go to a uh, a volleyball event, you're going into a school. There's a mandate right now that you wear masks when you're in school buildings. Right. When you go to those school buildings, you're going to need to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. uh, most of our events, a lot of our events are broadcast uh, online as well. So, it, you know, if, if you're not comfortable or you don't feel you can, uh, you know, meet that expectation of wearing the mask, maybe you can, you know, catch the game online or, or watch it somewhere there. Outdoors, we're not requiring masks at this time, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that uh, you know, a given school may require that. Again, right. depending on where their numbers are. Right. Listen, this is about the kids. We want the kids to play. Absolutely. There shouldn't be any issue. Fans can get to the game. They can watch the game. Whatever you have to do to get there, you know, please just be compliant. Uh, understand that we're doing the best we can to keep our kids safe and keep them in the game. Oh, absolutely. 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 Especially now, because I remember last year with football, there was, there were no, there were no spectators. Well, there's no football. Yeah, there was no football you know, last year either. We played seven v seven, but we I mean. didn't have the yeah. uh, you know the full contact. Exactly. Games, but uh, you know you're right. There seven there were uh, there were a lot of school. Our recommendation last year was to to not have fans. And again, uh, you know we didn't have a vaccine at that point. No. We didn't. There were a lot of things that we were still learning right. uh, about sports and and how the virus interacted at that time. We still weren't sure. Uh, you know, how the virus lived on surfaces right. and, and what the risk was. So again, we've learned a lot more about that over the past year. So, you know, we do have a better understanding. We can do it uh, safe. I'd say one of the big things we did sure. with um, CIEC state championships in the spring, okay. uh, Pete, is we went to digital ticketing. So it, it eliminated the touch points of, of money, right. uh, eliminated the touch points of, of tickets. Everything was, was right there. Uh, on the phone, and it was so successful for us oh, last cool. year. Uh, we're not going back. 
So for CIEC state championships, uh, it'll be digital ticketing from, from this point forward. And that's a step where, nice. again, encouraging some of our schools to take a look at in a way that you can eliminate some of those right. uh, touch point and close contact interactions with people. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that if you, if you can't make it to a game, you can watch online. How can you... How's that possible? Yeah, so uh, you know, a lot of this is through the NFHS network, okay. and uh, a lot of the uh, schools that we have um, have uh, worked with the NFHS in a program that brought cameras called Pixelot cameras okay. uh, to their uh, their fields and their gyms. Uh, it's a camera that's designed to to follow the action. If you have a student broadcast team or broadcast crew that comes in, they can plug in and do color commentary and play-by-play -play action. Uh, as well, but if not, then you just get the the feed of the game, and you could log on to the NFHS network and uh, select your school, and uh, and view from there. It's a it's a great program. Oh, cool! So, how long have you been with CIAC? I am uh, in my fourth year now at, at CIAC, and okay. uh, you know it's gone by awful quick, Pete. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Two years of uh, of a pandemic, or you know at least a year and a half, and uh, you know so it it is it has been quite a, an experience, and is. Uh, gone quickly, but I'd say we're, we're really proud that even through the pandemic, we found ways to engage our kids from a distance, whether Absolutely. it was, you know, work in PSAs that, that we did, mm -hmm. uh, bringing our leadership and equity boards together uh, through Zoom meetings and online, um, the great work of John Holt and our media production company oh, sure. to, uh, to produce the Scholar-Athlete Banquet and the Arts Awards okay. uh, and, do, and, and run those uh, on, uh, on TV and uh, local, uh, local cable TV. Just great work by, by our, our staff and our team to keep kids engaged. How many people do you guys, do you guys have on staff? Well, we, we've yeah, recently reduced staff okay. uh, as well, you know, just like any other small business, uh, right. you know, COVID has, uh, has been tough. So, uh, you know, we, we made some adjustments and, you know, we were fortunate with, uh, you know, being able to get some funding through the, uh, the PPP loans, but, yeah, um, sure. you know, we, we did re reduce staff um, a little bit with what we have and adjust some hours. Right now, so uh, I, I think overall, Pete, we're we're right in the mid 20s, about 25, 26 right. employees. But again, that includes the cast side, the principal side, yep, and the academic side as well as CIAC and the athletic side. On on the CIAC side, uh, we only have uh, two full-time employees: myself and Greg Simon, our associate executive director. Yeah. Okay, I understand. So, yeah, I say, I've never met John Holt. Good guy. Oh, John's terrific. Uh, I'd say just maybe he, one of these days. Yeah, he's you know such a talented <laughs> man, uh, and you know just his and what's been so important through this and making connections through distance is your ability to tell a story. And John's oh, just such a great storyteller uh, and an artist from you know from that end. Uh, I'd say we're, we're so fortunate to work with John. I saw a public service announcement that you guys put out recently about the vaccination I think it was on you guys sent it out on Twitter uh, the recent one that you saw I think was done by New Haven uh, oh, okay. so the, the three athletes playing basketball yeah uh, yep that was done by the uh, New Haven Public Schools uh, okay. again talk about you know great athletic directors and administrators Eric uh, Paskowski over in uh, New Haven does a tremendous job and he does uh, a tremendous amount of work in COVID within uh, the New Haven community and the and the schools over there. So uh, that was a great one that's coming out. You'll see one from us. We were just uh, 
doing some shooting uh, today. We'll do a little bit more this week, so we're going to have uh, a PSA on the vaccines coming out in Spanish uh, uh, and with a couple athletes and one of our staff members from CIAC. Because again, we, we the, the you know our, our black and brown communities have been hit especially hard. Oh, absolutely. Uh, by COVID, and, and we want to make sure that our Spanish-speaking communities are getting the messages that we're putting out there. So uh, we're going to be uh, you'll see that from us coming out in the next week or so. Oh, nice. No, you guys are a very busy organization. So. And we, now it's back to busy. school time. Uh, thank you. It's great. You know, we're, we're so happy again. It's, as educators, there, there's nothing better, you know, than having the kids on campus. And that's, we are education-based athletics. Our number one priority is getting kids in the classroom, engaging them right. uh, in instruction, and then extending that curriculum through interscholastic athletics. So we're, we're so grateful to have them back on campus full-time. I was gonna, I was gonna say it's front. Now, most of the schools are fully in this year? Everybody's fully in. Okay. Yeah, so everybody's fully in this year. And, uh, you know, again, hopefully we continue to uh, to do well. I, I, again, I think we've done such a good job in learning so much about contact tracing. Uh, it's become a fairly efficient system that, uh, you know, we could deal with the cases as they come up more effectively, efficiently than we have in the past and keep those kids in in-person instruction. Absolutely. And if people want more information on CAS, CIAC, where are they going? Right to our website, CASCIAC.org. Once you're there, you'll have a choice to go to the CAS side or the CIAC side. And what can they, what types of information can they find? Well, there's uh, on the CAS side, both sides, you're going to find a lot of information about the programs we run, okay. uh, certainly the, you know, the awards that we have and uh, all of our fall sport plans and mitigation plans right now are up and each season yep. we'll have those up as well. Oh, cool. All right. Well, Glenn Longarini from the CASCIAC, we're about to run out of time, but before we do, I want to thank you for coming down. Always a pleasure, Pete. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Glenn. On behalf of Glenn Longarini, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night. We'll see you next time.